You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Okay. Tech fan number 96. I am Tim Robertson, and uh, back to the uh, home office digs recording with David Cohen. Hello. Hello. You mean 296 or 96? Just 96. Just 96. <laughs> it feels like 296. We had 294s. We had no 95, so this is 96. But not 296. No. <laughs> so the funny thing was, um, David and I both took a week off because he was busy and I was busy. It was the grand opening week of uh, the Mac Specialist Store, which you guys heard about in the last Tech Fan podcast. And um, the week of the grand opening, I actually did record episode 94. At the same time, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> David was recording episode 94. So when I got home late, late, um, no, early Saturday morning, um, there was an email from David saying, tech fan number 94 is ready. <laughs> so uh, I did the gentlemanly thing, of course, and uh, that was tell David to go jump in. A, no, I mean, no. Uh, <laughs> I used David's recorded podcast for 94, and I saved the one that I did at Max Specialist with Guy Searle, John Namorowski, and Kevin Shea for the next week. And I listed it as number 95 in iTunes and the website and all that, but unfortunately, a few times at least, uh, in that episode, I said episode 94. But it was actually episode 95, and I was just... It wasn't that I was too lazy, David, to go back and fix it and post and put a little blurb at the beginning, but my office was kind of ripped apart at the time. Yeah, plus you were too lazy. Well, I usually am. Did you get the uh, text that I sent you? I did. That's a very cool setup. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but first, uh, we want to uh, tell the listeners where you are and why your audio sounds a little a little tiny, a little, uh, I don't know, it... it it, it doesn't have the oomph that you usually do. So why is your audio different this time? Yeah, we're used to recording um, in different time zones, but I decided to relocate to a further one away again. <laughs> Try and get away from the stink, you know. So I am uh, sat in a hotel room on the 10th floor of a hotel in Hong Kong. So you're 13 hours ahead of me. It's nine. It's 9.20 a.m. here, and it's, what, 10.20 p.m. there? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So what are you doing in Hong Kong? Uh, working. We're working to do some work for the Hong Kong police force. So. Oh, okay. I thought it was that whole... Uh, well, never mind. We won't talk about that in, in public. <laughs> Just, no, you know, things are Thailand. legal there that are not that's legal. Thailand, not Hong Kong. <laughs> that's Thailand where they love you long time. <laughs> so, um, wow. How different is it to be in Hong Kong? Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit odd. I came out here last Sunday... So I've been here for nearly a week. Um, you know, the first day or so, I was kind of getting my head around the jet lag and then it was straight into work. Um, Hong Kong is, is, you know, it's very much kind of what you uh, what you would expect if you've seen the movies. It's surprising how much it is like that. Um, so a lot of gangsters, a lot of... Well, no, in terms of, you know, just walking around the streets, it, it, it basically, if you've ever been to a, uh, any U.S. cities, metropolis, uh, mm-hmm. Chinatown, it's very like that. You know, it's basically lots of Chinese people, uh, lots of Chinese signs and everything, surrounded by skyscrapers. Uh, and that's kind of what it is. But, it, you know, it's a fun place. Any Westerners um, parachuting into uh, high-rises and then, like, cutting through the glass? and You know what? I spotted the building there where they where they, sh- they shot that from um, when I was actually sat in a meeting the other day with the head of personnel for Hong Kong police. Yeah, go figure. The uh, chief of police has a very small office. The head of personnel has a corner office with double picture windows on the 40th floor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who says they're going into admin doesn't pay. But anyway, I'm sat there and all of a sudden I gaze past this lady, a very nice Chinese lady who was telling me all about her uh, IT problems. Uh, And I gaze past her her shoulder and I see this building out the window and, you know, I kind of tuned out for about two minutes while I started thinking about the movie. (laughs) That's funny. Fortunately, I, I was there with a colleague, and, and uh, she was talking, so I could kind of get away with it. But, uh, but yeah, I was like, I know, which side of the building was it where they did that from? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and it's funny, there are, there are I mean, it, it's a tiny, 
tiny place, Hong Kong. It's really not that large at all. Spread over two, uh, like a peninsula and an island. Um, but actually the bits, because there's there's a lot of um, hills and mountains, the bits where the buildings are are kind of all squashed together. So it's it's really not very large. And yet they have these monstrous buildings. I mean, really all on top of each other. It's, it's very strange. Hmm. Now, one of the neat things about going to Hong Kong is they sell a lot of things that you're not going to find conveniently in the Western world or even online unless you're really, really looking for it. Have you come across anything like that? Well, I, I, as you might imagine, when I knew I was coming, I kind of did a bit of looking into it. And, and where I'm staying in Wan Chai, which is right in the middle of Hong Kong Island, um, within about two, three minutes walk of here, there's two what they call computer centers, but they're kind of like markets. So they're the, like spread over two, three floors with all of these fairly small stores, just which are just packed to the gills with gadgets. And they sell, yeah, they literally sell everything here. And it, you kind of think, oh, it's only really cheap because they don't have any sales tax or, or um, um, kind of uh, any sort of value-added tax here. Uh, in, in fact, some of it's cheap, some of it's not. You, you kind of really have to look around for what you want. Funnily enough, Apple stuff is cheap. It's, well, it's, it's cheap compared to the UK anyway. Um, there are not many stores that sell. I mean, obviously, Apple controls the supply chain. There's a couple of big Apple stores here, official ones, and there's some resellers. And the stuff they're selling here is a little bit cheaper than it, than it uh, probably about 20% cheaper than it is for me back home in England. Um, computers are uh, kind of PCs and laptops are kind of about the same price as you pay anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Though they have much, I mean, you know, they have more in one kind of small. 50 square meter store in one of these malls they have more more computers than you will see in your average best buy i mean it's literally all crammed together and you know covered in chinese signs and and all these stickers and you know flashes and fluorescent yellow signs and everything like trying to get you to buy them um but it's great for if you want cases cables kind of all that what kind of weird stuff you find on ebay you know like kind of little tiny usb sticks and usb hubs and uh wi-fi routers and and you know all of that stuff that you know you can find in the depths of ebay is, is here in massive volumes and dirt cheap uh, and pretty much every single type or, or device you might ever think of you know wireless keyboards uh bluetooth headsets everything and that loads and loads of choice and and you know a few kind of more interesting so i actually bought a new phone did you yeah. Did you buy one of those fake iPhones? I didn't buy a fake iPhone. Funnily enough, I haven't seen that many fake iPhones. But one I got is a knockoff of an Android, a Samsung hmm. Android phone. This thing is actually pretty cool. It was. It's, it's unlocked uh, and everything. It's unlocked. It, not only is it unlocked, it has it has two sims, uh, two sim slots, so you can run two phones at once on it. That's, that's weird. A, yeah, that's a common feature of Chinese phones. But basically what it is, it's a clone of the Samsung Galaxy S3, but instead of having the four four and a half inch screen that the S3 has, it has a 5.2 inch screen on it. Wow, um, it's huge. And, uh, yeah, and it's also running Android uh, 4.1 Jelly Bean, which is not available on any Samsung device <laughs> at this point. Uh, and I have to say... I've been pleasantly surprised by it. I bought it because I thought, you know what, we're on this tech podcast and we're always talking about Apple stuff and really, you know, I kind of have a feel for Android but I don't I've never really used it in earnest. This phone I paid hundred and twenty the equivalent about hundred and twenty pounds for, so less than two hundred dollars. Which for a phone like this, fully unlocked, um, is one hell of a deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and I tell you, it, it you have to look pretty close to realise it's not an official Samsung phone. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. Really, I wonder what Samsung's stance is on that, considering what they've been found guilty of and all that. Their their recent trike history. Before I bought it, I thought I was enjoying the Schadenfreude just for a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and, and obviously, the internals of the phone are not as good as the equivalent Samsung phone. You know, it's a little bit slower. It has a little less memory. It's a little bit poky. The screen is not as high resolution as an official Samsung phone. But I have to say, it's it's actually a pretty good phone. I really have been very impressed with it. I put, I got a local SIM. The, the reason I bought it really is I wanted a local SIM um, so that I could make cheap calls here. And also, the, on, on Hong Kong, all of their um, mobile data plans are unlimited. So you buy prepaid um, 
you know, pay-as-you-go type sim, and and you can for about I think it was about let's say it was seventy-eight Hong Kong dollars, so it's less than ten pounds, so wow. about twelve dollars, twelve US dollars, and that gives you seven days of uh, free calls to most countries in the world, free local calls, and free internet, high HSDPA, so it's high-speed internet. So can you tether it? Yeah. So you can tether your computer to it, and you're good to There's go. There's no restrictions whatsoever. Wow. So, uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, and I've been, I've actually, uh, maybe it's maybe it's because it's Jelly Bean, which is the very latest version of Android, but even though the hardware in the phone is a little bit behind the times, I've actually been fairly impressed with it. It works pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I would have bought one. Why not? Yeah. And, and after you get back to the UK, I mean, you can use it. You know, for games and apps and stuff like that, if you wanted. My, my view on it is that if I'm if I'm traveling somewhere where I don't want to take my iPad with me for any reason, then I can put video on this, and I've got a bigger screen. I've got my iPhone. Yeah. For watching stuff on, and as I say, it lets me play around with Android apps. I've got some stuff. One of the nice things about Android is you can get stuff that you can't get for the iPhone because Apple doesn't allow it. So I've got you know I've got May, a main emulator on there with uh-huh. arcade games. Um, I've got a, a BBC micro emulator, which is an old eight-bit P- um, BBC uh, computer from the uh, from the UK on there. And you know, there's there's little bits and pieces like that you can get, um, which they're all. But most the great the other great thing is most of the apps on the uh, on the uh, Google Store I found are free. Well, because and, people that usually own a Google phone won't pay for anything. Yeah, so I mean, they're all ad supported, but it's fine because I've got this absolutely monster screen, so I don't care about it banner at the bottom well don't worry if you don't want the ad supported version you can download a a, a pirated version because they're all over the place with the android market yeah well that you see that's what i wouldn't want to do but you know but of course i wouldn't i was being facetious but yeah. you know that that's there's I mean, no denying that that's the case yeah you go to the google play store and there's a lot of good stuff on there but it's not it's also noticeable right in the top 50 apps um i noticed at least three or four that were just complete rip-off clones of official apps yeah you know, which people have just loaded in there and they're hoping people buy like suckers. And if they're in the top 50 list, they probably they are. are. Yeah, they are you buying know. it. It's a sad state of affairs, but Google doesn't seem to care. No. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I feel like using Android is... A, the difference between Android and iOS is like the difference between a Mac and a PC. Yeah, I, mean, it, we, I would agree with that. Very, very much like that. In that you know you can do pretty much everything you want to do, but a lot of the times you kind of looking at scratching your head, saying this is really unintuitive. Why can I not do that? And you go back, forth, back, forth, trying to figure out how to do something. Yep. And even a couple of times I've had to go onto online to the web and actually Google something to figure out how to do something. Ironically because, enough, yeah, a lot of the stuff is a little bit techy and unintuitive. Um, you know, and the the overall user, like for instance the. The keyboard's not quite as responsive as I might like, and the uh, finger placement sometimes slips a little bit. And um, you know, I've talked to a couple of other people I know here who have um, proper Android phones as opposed to you know a cheap clone, uh, and they say, "Oh yeah, it's kind of the same on mine as well." So it's not just my phone that's the problem; it's actually an, an Android problem. So it's it, you know, it's pretty much like you'd expect the fit and finish is just not up to Apple standards. But you know, it's not it's not lousy by any stretch of the imagination so that's kind of interesting anything else you bought uh i you know i picked up i've picked up a whole bunch of cables and cases and stuff like that yeah, you but, get them so cheap why not yeah i mean a, a colleague of mine bought a um bought a uh smart cover for his ipad you know and it's a proper i mean it, it comes in a different box but it looks identical to me to the actual double smart cover and he paid, I think he paid sixty Hong Kong dollars for it. Huh. So uh, that is that is dirt cheap. It's about five, six dollars, something like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, seven, seven dollars fifty. Probably came out of the same factory. Uh, I would imagine so. Just yeah. slapped in a different box. Yep. You know, um, I picked up a kind of a Bluetooth clip so I can, you know, um, plug my head, my, my ordinary in-ear headphones into that, and then that Bluetooth pairs to my iPhone. So that I can take calls and listen to music and that sort of thing without actually having to be plugged into the iPhone. That's pretty cool, and that's that was dirt cheap as well. Um, so you know they've they've got pretty much everything you might you might imagine here, including you know tablets up the wazoo. Tablets seem to be really big here. I was wondering about that. I know tablets are huge in the Western world. Is it huge in Hong Kong as well? 
I've seen quite a lot of people with them. Um, what's the so, What's the most common size that you've noticed? Uh, it does seem to be uh, iPads, to be honest. Really? For tablets, it's iPads. I mean, it does demonstrate that, um, you know, I've seen a few Android tablets, but only one or two. Um, and if you see people with smaller things, it tends to be Kindles rather than... Um, rather than um, smaller Android tablets. Now, do you think that that's going to change with what's expected to come out next week, the 7-inch, almost 8-inch iPad? Uh, I suspect it will kill the market for Mm -hmm. anything that's not got an Apple badge on it. I got a feeling it will, too. It's clear to me that, you know, when people want a tablet, they go for Apple. Because, you know, that this, Apple is not, the, the Apple stuff is not as prevalently available here. But I tell you what a lot of people have is they have the um, Samsung Galaxy Note, which is the kind of the five to six inch phone. I, you know, I was just playing with those, with one of those two days ago, maybe three days ago at an at a AT&T store. Yeah. And I was there for, oh, good 10 minutes playing with it. It's retardedly big. It's, yeah. it's dumb. I held it up to my head, and I was like, this is stupid. And then I saw a spec case for it. It was mammoth. I could not. I'm like, look at it. It's, it reminded me of the back of a, um, a G3 iBook, you know, the uh, clamshell ones. Yeah. It felt like it was that big. It was just dumb. I'm like, well, this is, if, you put a, if you put a case like this over this size phone, you're, you're just, it's dumb. This one I have, the, the screen is just a little bit bigger than the whole iPhone 4, and then there's a little bit around the outside, and that is just about as big as I would like to go. Yeah. I mean, just a, yeah, I, mean I use this as a phone because I'm using it here, and it's okay. Anything bigger than that, and I would feel a bit of a tool, to be honest. But they're very popular here, and I think the reason they're popular is because people like the fact that it's a halfway house between a tablet and a phone, so they can use it as a phone. And yet it's just yeah, it's big enough um, to be like a very small tablet. And people are sat around, and you know, literally, you go into restaurants, people are sat around watching video on them everywhere. Well, I played a video on the one that I was playing with, and I gotta, I gotta be honest, it the video looked fantastic, and it was much easier to watch than it was on an iPhone, even the new iPhone. Yeah. And I no, I do not have an iPhone five. I, I'm eligible to upgrade, but I'm trying to I'm trying to justify it to myself, and I haven't been able to yet. Yeah. Yeah, I keep looking at it thinking, yes, it's and I've played with a number of them now. I've got guys at work that has them. It's yeah. it's really thin. It's really light. Um, it almost feels fake. It almost doesn't feel like a real phone. And yet I And yes, the screen is fantastic, no question. Everybody knows the benefits. But I keep thinking, do I really want to spend, you know, 399 for another one of these? Is it really going to do anything that I can't do with my 4S? No, not really. I, you see, I, I think it's a, I think it's the marginal upgrade case for a 4S. I think if you've got something older, then yeah, oh, yeah, it's fine. But but for a 4S, I'd be, if I were you, I'd be in the same position because I was with my 4. I had my 4 and when the 4S came out. I could have traded it in against a 4S, but I decided no, I won't wait for the next model. And I think Apple is is kind of capitalizing on that now. Well, the other aspect for me, anyways, is none of the accessories that I have will work with it because it has the new um, plug in it. And, you know, yes, it's faster. It's blah, 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 blah. I can't use it in the car because I would need an adapter. And the adapters are very hard to get still. Um, All my chargers, I would need adapter. I would need to buy at least four or five adapters. Yeah, and and I was hoping to find them here and... You know, it's tr- true what people say about Apple's, you know, design is complicated and not easy to copy because they are not anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't justify buying four or five of those adapters when they cost, what, 30 bucks, yeah, 20 bucks? You'd be looking at $150. Yeah, that's, that's no way. Yeah. It's half well, the cost well, of the phone itself. No. Because I have, I have a 30-pin connector in my car. And I have a feeling that even though I put an adapter on it, it wouldn't work that well with my with the iPhone 5. That's what so I'm what worried I, about as well. Yeah. What I did is I bought um, a Bluetooth, little Bluetooth thing that plugs into the auxiliary port on my on my stereo. Um, and so now I can stream audio to the car over that. Um, and it's actually more convenient than the cable was because the cable's kind of in a hard, hard to reach place in my car. 
Uh, so, uh, so I do that, and I'm kind of set up because I, you know, I'm not fussed about charging it. Toyota, really. right? Uh, yeah. Prius. Uh, no, not the Prius. I'm in a, a city car now, the uh, Igo. Mm. I think that's the US. No, I've seen them though. We watch yeah. Top Gear. They make fun of the Igo all the time. Like, yeah, they, that was the one they they played football with. Do you remember yep, they had? A I do. Of, yeah, five signage. So it's a great little car actually. It was dirt cheap, and uh, it's a lot of fun to drive. It's nice. But um, and you know I was I was lucky enough to be able to get one with all the iPod stuff built in. <laughs> and Apple made it all redundant. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break uh, and a tease for the next segment. I'm going to talk about the uh, picture that I texted over to David, and the last time David and I did a podcast together, which I guess would have been Tech Fan '93. Uh, I was expressing my woes and my sadness at the death of the Bat Mac. And what I was going to do with its replacement, which is done now, and David got the pictures, and I'll use that. And obviously, you know, if uh, you're listening to this episode and you've seen the the cover graphic for this episode, you already know what I've done. But uh, I'll explain it in a few minutes. We'll be right back. Hi, Timothy Gregoire here from the Church Tech Geeks podcast. Well, I'm about to run a sound check here at the church for a concert, but I want to take a quick moment to tell you about the Church Tech Geeks podcast. It's a weekly show that talks about all things live production and church technology. We talk about topics from live sound, lights, and media to building websites for your organization. Join me each week as I walk you through some useful skills or while I talk to special guests from Adam Christensen to Nate Rake in a media shout. Now, if you excuse me, I have a concert run. The Church Tech Geeks is a member of the Stoplight Network. It can be found in iTunes or at thechurchtechgeeks.com or in the Attack of the Stoplight Network feed. All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suze Gilbert, John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh, Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you. Only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon. And my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about Pocket Sized Podcast at PocketSizedPodcast.com. And now, I'm going to go throw my phone in the river. Back, tech fan number 96. Of course, we're always looking for your feedback. Simply go to techfanpodcast.com, click the contact us button, send it in. I got a little gassy there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hold it back in while I'm just left it there and not pointed it out. Yeah. Was that what? audio? <laughs> He's kind of like stuttering or something. Go. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought it was a Skype glitch. No. It was a gastral glitch. <laughs> and plus, like, you know, I was saying during the break, my sinuses are going a little nuts right now. So I'm, ah, you know, that, and then the little gastral thing happens, and oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like, uh, sure, we could go back and edit it, but, you know, hey. I'm lazy. Yeah. You, you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I had someone spill coffee in my uh, MacBook Pro. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to recount. I have several people with that story. Have you? Yes. It amuses them every time. Yeah, the well, well. One of your staff in a repair shop breaking your... Breaking the boss is a very expensive computer. Yeah. His personal computer, not even a yeah. work computer, my computer. And uh, so, you know, I, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. 
Um, and I, I, it was called the Bat-Mac because if you look at uh, the graphics for episode 93, you'll see it had Batman, uh, Batman on the back of it. So I did something a little bit different this time. Uh, and I ordered two different stickers and combined them to make something a little bit unique. And the first thing I did was I got this translucent rainbow Apple logo to cover the white logo on the lid. So when you open it up, the light still comes through it. And uh, I think that came out pretty good, David. I like it. I, in fact, you, you raised jealousy in me as soon as I saw it. <laughs> SD.com is where I got it from. In fact, the other stickers as well. You see, when I saw it, I mean, it's such a good fit. I thought that you'd had, uh, presumably the, the guy who broke in your Mac as a penance had, 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 had him open up your new one and replace the plastic whites with, a, with the color. No, we, we, I, have done, I have seen people do that. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it looks, it looks um, better than a sticker. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it really does. Um, and I was surprised. I think I paid literally six bucks for it. And, you know, I, I just took my time applying it and it came out really good. Uh, the other thing I did was I got Pac-Man stickers. So it has Pac-Man, it has the ghosts, um, has the dots. And I positioned it so... The Apple logo, of course, is in the middle, and Pac-Man is moving towards the Apple logo, and there's ghosts above and on the opposite side of the logo. And again, all you have to do is look at the show graphics for this episode, and you'll see what it looks like. But, um, you know, I wanted to go with a video game motif this time, rather than a cartoon or a, a comic book one. And I had to come up with a name for it, and the name was obvious once I picked the sticker. It is the Pac-Mac awesome isn't that pretty cool yeah same do you have any comments oh yeah everyone who saw it was like i like that better than the than the batman one yeah and i do too but i I, that's not to say i i don't miss the batman one because i do and i had that batman on that macbook pro for three and a half years so it was you know that was my computer you know i thought i honestly thought i'm probably going to get another one of those stickers and put it on here but that seemed to be disrespectful of that other computer. <laughs> yes, of an inanimate I think, object. I think Batman would have given you a smackdown for that, for sure. <laughs> well, that sticker came with him, and it had his mouth curling up like a smile, so I, I turned that upside down, so he was kind of scowling, because that seemed yeah. to be more Batman-like to me. Definitely. <clears throat> but, yeah, I like the Pac-Mac. The computer itself, um, what the heck is it? It is a... Uh, 2.3 Intel Core i7. I've got 8 gigs of RAM in it. i got a 750 gig hard drive. It's actually the hard drive for my old machine. I replaced it. And uh, oh, it's fast. It, it is faster than my iMac. Which I'm not using today to record the show. Thus, uh, you're not hearing the fan noise that you usually had been hearing for the last few months on TechFan. Which was really annoying me to no end. And... Uh, I think the hard drive is. I think the hard drive's dying in the iMac. I'm getting spinning beach balls all the time. Yeah, but you know what's more annoying is that with the money you've spent on the new laptop, you could have replaced the iMac with something more modern. <laughs> well, I didn't buy the uh, iMac or the uh, MacBook Pro. No, oh, I know. This is a work one, so I just I literally when mine died, I went to the shelf and pulled this off <laughs> and said, "Here's my new computer." Um, well, you gotta like keep it because that was your personal one. Sure, yeah, I could, but I mean, you know. I run the company, so what's the difference? Whether it's my personal one or my work one, it, for all intents and purposes, it makes no difference. Um, I guess if I quit, sure, I'd have to give it back, but I'm not really worried about that. But I do have to get the hard drive replaced in my iMac because it's the spinning beach balls all the time. So I'm trying to decide if I'm going to bring it with me this coming week uh, to Mac Specialist and have them just swap a new hard drive in there or what. I don't really think I want to do it myself. I think I'll just have the guys do it. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard those are a pig pull apart. You it, have to take the screen off. Yeah, yeah. You use these suction cup things, and it pops the screen off. you got to do that no matter what you do other than upgrading the RAM. Yeah, but, but the old ones, you'd be able, you used to be able to screw the back and go in that way, which is what I'd rather do rather than Oh, absolutely. But, you know, the, the guys at work, they do these every single day, so it's it's literally nothing to them at this point. Oh, yeah, you know, spilling coffee in a machine, and what, what could possibly go wrong? 
Well, he was at a tech. I, I don't allow I don't allow open beverages in the uh, service room for obvious reasons. Um, so that was uh, the story of the Batmax replacement, and uh, I guess I should talk about uh, the the picture that I texted David a little while ago. And if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've already seen this as well, <clears throat> including my misspelling of Genesis. Um, for a long time now, David. You know, I've been putting my video game console collection together, replacing machines that I used to own as a child or a teen, that sort of thing. And originally, I had part—I had it partially set up in the living room in the entertainment system center, I guess you'd say. When my uh, youngest daughter was born, who's eight now, is she nine? Eight or nine? Wow, that's really bad. She's nine. She's nine. Um, and quite honestly, I didn't want, you know, toddlers to start getting into that stuff and breaking it. So I I put it all away. It was it's been in plastic tubs in the basement. And then right when she was getting at the age I thought I could start setting it up again, Cole was born. <laughs> so I was like, uh So in the tubs it stayed. Well, Cole's at the age now, and we're not having any more. Cole's at the stage now where if you tell him not to touch nothing, he won't touch it for the most part. So rather than put it in the living room, um, we cleared out some space in my office area. And I bought these, uh, well, they're from Ikea. I I guess you'd call them shelves, but they're kind of, it's these two-inch thick shelves that stick out from the wall. There's nothing on the side, just on the back. And you actually screw the whole thing into the wall so it doesn't fall over or anything. I'm sure Ikea calls them something like Tudumladen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, it's what's holding my counsels. Actually, the way I've got it set up now, David, is different than the picture I sent you. What I'm going to do... Mind the mess, please, because I haven't been here. Uh, I'm going to take a updated picture. There. Just took a picture of it, and I'm going to send it to you. Okay. I've moved a few things around. Um, the big thing that you'll notice, the difference is... Uh, well, actually, I don't know even... No, I'm picking the wrong one. Pick that one. There we go. Uh, where the... I think the Genesis was up at the top at one time. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast has moved. Um, and you'll see it, it's sending right now. You should get it any second. Um, <clears throat> so these shelves are on two sides, and in the middle is a 37-inch LG flat-screen LED. Uh, I got the, the TV at just an incredible de- deal, David. It was actually a... Um, it's not a consumer television. It's one that hotels would buy. Is specifically made for hotels. Right. So I can literally go in and change the graphics. I can set it up so every time you turn it on, it goes to a particular channel. Um, I can set it up so it will pull kind of a, a signage thing from a computer and display it on the screen. So when you start it up, it tells you what's going on in the hotel or in the city and what, what have you. Yeah. Um, I can set it up. So it will play video loops on certain channels, and that's all it will play on those channels. So it's a cons- it's it's not a consumer level TV. Um, I don't know if that means it's going to be more reliable or less so. I don't know. But because of that, <clears throat> and the uh, company that we were dealing with, this is the company that we bought all these fifty five inch TVs from for Mac Specialist. I got a really hell of a good deal on this TV. Less than 200 bucks. Wow. Right, exactly, right? 37-inch LED, less than 200 bucks, brand new in the box. Well, I bought a phone. You bought a 37-inch TV. <laughs> I think I got the better deal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I bought these, uh, I, I'm going to call them shelves, from Ikea. And they're on either side. Did you get the new picture? Yeah. So they're on either side. And I put some shelving units underneath the TV now because I needed some more room for controllers and TV remotes. Uh, and I, I moved some of the Xboxes over, over to that. Uh, you'll notice on the upper left-hand corner shelf, 
There's an arcade up there. It's uh, the uh, iCade. iCade, yeah. Yeah, I bought one. You know what? I keep looking at those, uh, but then I think every time I, I want to use it, I have to take my iPad out of my case, and I'm not sure I want to do that. That was one of the drawbacks for me, but the other drawbacks was it was $100. Yeah. And I just, I knew how much I would use it, which would be pretty infrequently, and I don't want to spend $100 on something that I'm not using often. Yeah, I've, it's, I found you can find, sometimes they're on special. Well, that's how I got this one. Yeah, or they're in an end bin or something like that, and you can pick them up a little bit cheaper. I got, uh, I was on 9 to 5 Mac, checking out some rumors. And there's links to like 90, 9 to 5 Google, and one of them was 9 to 5 Toys, so I was like, what's that? So I clicked it, thinking it's going to be like, oh, here's the latest Star Wars toys or something. Uh, no, it's all electronics. It's our kind of toys, David. Yeah. And I started scrolling down the page, and here, lo and behold, here's the site that was selling the iCade, new in a box, for twenty four ninety nine. Oh. And I thought, ugh. I, that's a no-brainer wow. price, that. Yeah, yeah. So at, at 25 bucks, absolutely, why not? You know, that's like three or four packs of cigarettes. So I grabbed it. I bought it. Uh, the day it arrived, I assembled it. Took me all of 10 minutes. Popped my uh, iPad in it after putting batteries in it, of course. Synced it to my iPad. That took seconds. And uh, started playing games. How do you like it? I like it a lot. I was thinking that maybe it would feel a little plasticky and cheap. Not at all like a real arcade. Oh, no. It feels like a real arcade. It really does. I like it a lot, I gotta say. Still really tempted, but you know what? My wife would kill me. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's unlike many of the things I buy, which I can hide away and she never knows about. That would kind of stick out a little bit. So the uh, the rest of the stuff, I've got a Dreamcast in there, uh, a Gen- Sega Genesis, a Wii, um, Retron 3. I know you probably are like, what the hell is that? Uh, it, well, I was going to ask you about that. I have no idea what that is. It, it looks pretty cool, though. It is. It plays Sega, uh, NES, and Super NES games. Uh, you can use their wireless remote that or uh, game controller that it comes with, and they, they're terrible game controllers, so I don't use those. Yeah. But you can also plug in OEM controllers as well it's got all the plugs on it and it actually works extremely well um I've never heard of that before yeah you know i saw it on some website once or maybe it was ebay and it was really cheap yeah I'm, like I'm 35 40 dollars so i thought eh, what's the worst that can happen 35 40 bucks as soon as we're finished the podcast i'm probably gonna go find one um <laughs> uh, there's actually better ones out there uh yeah. let me yeah, let me do a little bit of research because I found uh, I was there's a company here in Battle Creek now called Disc Traders, and they sell a lot of used and retro stuff. I mean, you go in there and there's NESs and it just yeah. Game Boys, color Game Boys, just all kind of stuff. And um, they've got some retro systems that are like this Retron Three, and I was like, oh, what's that? And well, this one plays NES and Super NES. I was like, well, it actually looks pretty cool. I said, well, I've got the Retron 3, and they were like, yeah, we used to carry that, but there was some... Let's just say we we like this one better. (laughs) So I was like, hmm. I haven't had any problems, but that's not to discount what they said either. Yeah. Um, So what else I got in there? I've got the Super Nintendo. I've got two NESs. I don't know why I've got two of them, David. No, what with that and the Retron as well? I mean, you're well covered for Super Nintendo. (laughs) Uh, below that, what you're not seeing in the picture very well, is some is two tabletop Coleco games. One's Pac-Man, which I bought on eBay about 10 years ago. And the other one is the tabletop Donkey Kong, which was a Christmas present that I got when I was, oh, I'm going to say 10 years old, maybe. So probably I, 1980. Yeah, I think I remember you talking about that on Geeky Show ever once. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I was... I really want to because they were so cool when we. They're not cheap, still, David. Really? No, because you're not going to find them for less than a hundred bucks. What was cool about them was they were t- they, they they look a little bit like the IK, don't they? They do, they absolutely, tiny. yep. But they looked like a little arcade cabinet, and of course the game didn't play the same way as it did in the arcades. But it just looked like you'd have a little tiny arcade game. That's why I wanted one. 
and I and I wanted the Donkey Kong one so because everybody else was getting Pac Man or Frogger, I wanted Donkey Kong. My parents were very smart back then because they got me. It's not rechargeable, but it's it's fake D cell bat or uh, C size batteries that you plug a cord into the battery itself. Mm. And uh, of course, now you would just have the little plug, but back then, no. And I still have the batteries and the power plug, and it still works fine. So I can play the Pac-Man or the Donkey Kong anytime I want. They play like they're brand new. Uh, on To the right of the TV at the top is an original Xbox, which, you know, is like, you know, eight feet off the ground. So it's only for display. If I actually want to play it, I'm going to have to move it. Yeah. Um, below that is the ColecoVision. Below that now is a cable box, but sitting on top of the cable box is the uh, iAtari Mac. You remember that story? It's uh, it's yeah. an Atari 2600 that has a Macintosh built inside of it. Uh, below that is the actual an actual Atari 2600. Uh, below that, in the picture that you saw, is different. Below that now is a PS2 Slim. Mm-hmm. Uh, below that is an Atari 5200. Or is that a 90... No, it's a 7800, sorry. And then on the very bottom is a Super Nintendo system. The Pokemon edition someone gave me. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... You know, it's it's all pretty cool. Um, In the newer picture, you can see more stuff. I've got some handhelds. I've got the controllers up there. The remote for the TV. Uh, now, this was important to me, David. All of the systems actually work. Yeah? Yep. It's no... There's, I See, I, I've been collecting vintage computers for uh, for something I'm planning to do. So I've got a lot of vintage portables lying around at uh, kind of home in the office. And it's important to me they work. There's not much point having them if they're broken. Yeah, it's just a piece of plastic at that point. Yeah. Now, I haven't, I haven't hooked all these up yet. Uh, to the new system. I know they work because they worked when I put them in storage, so I I will assume that they still work. And if one of them doesn't, then I'll get another one. Yeah. My issue right now is getting everything placed where I want it and then cabling it all, and that's going to be a pain in the butt. I thought the cabling looked pretty neat, but then that's because you haven't done it yet. I haven't done anything yet. Um, some of it's hooked up. The Xbox... The the Wii, uh, the PS2, those are all hooked up. Uh, nothing else is hooked up right now. So how are you going to hook all of those into that single screen? Well, I'm going to use switch boxes. Um, if you, I don't think you're seeing it on the second page, is it? Is it? Yeah. If you look, no, you're not seeing it. Uh, on the second picture I sent you, underneath the Wii is another shelf, and there's a switch box there. Right. On the bottom shelf is uh, a newer Xbox, which I've been reading up on because I would like to retire my white Xbox. Mm-hmm. The problem is I've got the, the hard drive on it, and the new Xbox I got is the arcade one that doesn't have a hard drive. And I would still like to have two Xboxes. I would just like to make the newer one, you know, the one that my main machine, if you will. I'm fairly sure you can get an external case. You can take the hard drive out of the old one, actually take the physical drive out, put it into a case, plug it into the new one. I'm well, sure I've seen that. I have, I've also read that you can disassemble that external hard drive on the Xbox. It's just a two and a half inch drive, yeah. and yeah, I can actually, I mean. yeah, and I can actually put it inside because there's a slot for a hard drive in the in the arcade machine. Right. Uh, and I can actually put it in there. When I first got my Xbox, I didn't have a hard drive for it, um, and it was about three weeks before I went out and bought one. Yeah, it doesn't take long. It's virtually unusable without one. Yeah. Well, this was the machine that I was simply going to use when I was at the hotel, going back yeah. and forth from Chicago. So I have a, a carrying case and everything for it, and it was going to be um, games that I don't usually play at home because the kids are home and I can't really play those types of games, really violent stuff. Um and for that, you know, I was thinking, yeah, it'll be fine because I'm not going to be getting on the hotel Wi-Fi with it because there's no way to join the Wi-Fi network on an Xbox. Didn't have a web browser to, you know, yeah. sign into. Um, but I would find that I, I would get to the hotel and I just didn't feel like doing it. I was like, ugh, I don't want to hook all that up and sit here and play video games by myself at the hotel. 
it's funny. I, before I came out here, I I looked long and hard. I was in Costco one day, and they had this thing you could. It was kind of like a bag with a, a, a LCD screen in the back, and you could there was a space for your console, and you could basically you could turn your console into into a like a portable system, so you could take it away with you. Right. Uh, and I was really tempted because I thought oh, I'm going to be stuck in a hotel room every night for two weeks with nothing to do. Now, as it is, I, I didn't bother because it was expensive. Uh, and as it is, since I've been out here, I've barely had time to do anything. So that would have been a waste. Yep. Um, was tempted because I thought two weeks on my own when you know I could really get caught up on some gaming, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you don't. No, I'm the same like, way. Say so you get in and then and then you. You know, you wash up and then you go and have something to eat, and then it's like, you know, and then it's all I'm going to do now, and you just end up sitting in bed watching TV or something like that. Well, the funny thing is, I showed a couple guys at work this picture of this uh, video game setup, and they go, Wow, you must play a lot of video games. Actually, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't play them hardly ever. (laughs) I have a passion for them, but I, I don't really. I play maybe an hour a week, if that. And that's including. Uh, iPad gaming. I just, I don't have, by the time I'm done working or the kids are in bed or what have you, I'm freaking tired. I just want to kind of sit and veg, watch some Walking Dead or something on TV. I don't want to be, you know, at at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, getting my adrenaline pumping, playing a video game. And then, of course, the weekends get here. And because I'm, I'm generally not here during the week, at least not the whole week, uh, there's a lot of stuff I need to get done on the weekend, mowing the lawn and with winter coming, shoveling, you know, little yeah. projects that my wife has me do, got to go grocery shopping, you know, all, all the normal stuff that you do that takes up your whole day. So I don't have time to play then either. So, but that doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. It doesn't mean I don't uh, like them a lot. And I, I've been wanting to showcase my collection for a very long time. So. So I, I have a very important question for you about sure. Clay. It's all very well putting out all the consoles. Where are gonna, all the games going to go? Well, that's you know I'm not going to display the video games because it's just too many, and uh, it's just not easy to do. So I'm going to have uh, two smaller little chest of drawers type of thing mm-hmm. um, that'll be close by, but it won't be right next to them. And that's where the video games will be. At least the ones that I know that I will actually want to play occasionally. Um, the rest I'll probably just keep in storage for now. Until I have a, a much larger room where I can put this stuff together. Yeah. Because right now it really is... It, it again, once again, comes down to space. I just don't have the space to, to show them. So... That's what I did. That's... Uh, it, I think it's a pretty cool collection. I'm really... Uh, I like it. Yeah, it is. Well, so uh, when I get back to England and I've got a little bit of time, I will uh, I will talk about because um, I I want to show you some pictures as well. But I'll talk about my vintage computing project that I'm working on. That'd be very cool. So I think the users, the uh, the listeners, will get a kick out. Yep. Well, I've got so, a smaller collection of computers, and I've been uh, you know I've been thinking about getting back into computing as far as a collection, but you know I do it for a living. And yeah. when you do it for a living, it's just like, eh, I don't really want to do that. Um, do you remember me talking to you about my very first collection or my very first computer? And all I could remember was it had like a blue keyboard or something, and my parents won it at some uh, event, and they came home and gave it to me. I do recall this, yes. But I, could, I had no idea what the actual computer was. I just I had no idea. It was so long ago. A uh, funny thing was... Uh, let me pull it up here on eBay. Uh, the funny thing was, I was looking on eBay for something totally unrelated, and guess what I came across? You found it. I found it. Um, and it, and I bid on it, but I, I didn't win. Um, it went to 40 bucks, and I was like, yeah, I'm not spending 40 bucks for that. <laughs> it was... Nostalgia only has a, has a certain price tag. <laughs> Nostalgia goes to... Twenty three fifty, <laughs> not a cent more. Damn it! <laughs> I have a price for that. Um, it, it's called an Aquarius computer system from Mattel uh, Electronics. Mattel, I didn't yeah, those. Uh, it was very short lived. No one bought these damn things. Um, they went to um, 
what do you call it, warehouse kind of, you know, clearance things. And a lot of companies that were trying to buy, get you to buy like timeshare and stuff, uh, picked these up for almost nothing. And that's what they were using to as giveaways. And that's how my parents got one. But I had the complete system. I had the expansion. Uh, I had, I, don't, I didn't have a printer, but I did have the cassette that you could hook up to it. Um, oh, look, eBay's got one for twenty nine ninety nine. Let's see what's going on with that. And it's a buy it now. Yeah, but see, it's twenty dollars shipping. It's like yeah. So I, at that point, I'm at fifty bucks. You really don't want to buy one of these. They were terrible even when they were new. Uh, it's I don't I don't and I don't even care if it works. I just want yeah. it because it was the first computer I I owned. And yes, it, they were terrible. No question. This one looks like it's got everything in it. I've had this item since ni- about 1985. The computer is still in its original box. I once typed in a program and ran it in the mid-80s. The contents are complete and in excellent, virtually new condition. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the picture, too, and it's it looks like it's practically brand new. It's exactly... It's got the white plastic on it that so many toys had back then. Yeah. Um, oh, she's got a cassette that goes with it. An Aquarius cassette, but it doesn't look like she's got the Aquarius... Uh, cassette reader, so that would do my I'm just looking at, you see, I, I remember these because, you know, in, this was around the time that I was spending every summer in the States, and they never sold these in the, in the UK. Um, but the thing is, you know, back then I was, I, you know, I was just getting into computers, so I bought computer magazines, and, you know, I looked at normal stores, and I remember seeing these. Yeah, know, I just so sent I, you a link to the one I'm looking at on eBay. That's why I, uh, you know, I remember the, um, as soon as you said the Aquarius, I knew who the brand was. Um, but I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page. It says, even though it was less expensive than the TI-99 for the VIC-20, it had weak graphics and limited memory. Internally, Mattel programmers dubbed it the system for the 70s. Very good money came out in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> so It was uh, not a good yeah. system. Apparently, it was less powerful than the Intellivision console. So, uh, you know, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. But the thing is, back then, you know, this stuff was cool. It was cheap. I mean, compared to the like the Apple II and stuff, it was dirt cheap. Oh, it was, yeah, I, no yeah. question. I, I'm wondering, see if I want to find this. Uh, 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 yeah, here it is, and let me click this. Yeah, let me send you this link too, because you'll get a kick out of this. Oh, come on, stop it, computer. This will make you laugh. All right, you got the link? Yeah, but I'm just trying to bring it up on my iPad. This will this will make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, that is. <laughs> I think I think that's what what we uh, what we <laughs> we call in the trade um, uh, ambitious expectations. This person has every single thing for the Aquarius, and it's all brand new. Uh, some used components, but it's everything. It's every game that was ever released, which was like two games. Uh, it's got the modem, the printer, the cassette. Uh, it, it's everything. Uh, he's only charging $25 shipping. Yeah. But it's it's buy it now. It was $500, but he's lowered it now to $450. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, because I've been trolling the vintage computing things in, in the UK for this stuff I've been getting, you know, you see these every now and again. You know, somebody who's got something old and thinks that, oh, you know, there's probably only a few people out there who want it, but, you know, they'll really pay big money for it. And you'll see stuff like, you know, uh, an Apple II for... In fact, there's an Apple IIc that's been going uh, in the UK for months. Um, it's in fairly good condition. It's got lots of the peripherals and stuff in it, but they want £500 for it, so it's about $750. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know... I know that, I, that in the States, where the Apple IIc was much more available than it was in the UK, you know, they go for about 20 bucks. Uh, and so even in even Britain, where it's a little more rare, it's not worth no. worth 50 pounds. It's not worth, um, you know, 500. Well, this guy's selling it for more now than it was when it was brand new. Yeah. I sent this guy the message, because I came across this. And I said, I am interested in the system, but not at this price. This is for my private collection, and my wife has given me a $50 budget. If you want to move this item, I could do $50 total. I understand if you feel it will fetch much more, but that's all I got. 
And he said, thanks for the offer, but I will have to pass. <laughs> so I looked at this guy because he's got a bunch of stuff, you know. Yeah, I've seen this guy before as well. And he, he mostly, he's got a, a, a junk store. And he mostly sells used par, car, uh, car parts and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, how the hell does he have this old ass video game system? One Aquarius computer system keyboard with simplified instruction card booklet. One mini expander. Printer with extra roll of paper. New. One 300 baud modem cartridge. New. One 4K RAM memory cartridge. New. One data recorder. Used. Two program cartridges. FinFoam spreadsheet. New. And FimForm or FileForm database word processor. New. Four game cartridges. Tron deadly discs. Snafu. Biorhythms and Night Stalker. And then it says, please look at the pictures and ask questions. <laughs> yeah, my question is, are you on crack? <laughs> you know, no, I mean, look, the guy runs a, I mean, his eBay name is, is Richardson Chop Shop. Yeah. Okay? Obviously, somebody gave him this in part payment for a job. Or it was sitting in the back of a camper that he had in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, and he wants to try and, you know, get some value out of it. Mm-hmm. But, I'll send him another message in eight months when it hasn't moved at all, and he's got it marked down to three hundred bucks cash. Buy it now. I'll say, you know, that fifty dollar bill is uh, still burning a hole in my pocket. If you want it, See, fifty the, the bucks total. This, the problem with this sort of stuff is that you know, I, I mean, I know this too much cost. It takes so much space up. Yep. And if you don't want it, you know, you you start out thinking, I want to sell it for a decent value. I want to sell it for a decent value. And then after a while, you just say, I just want the thing to be gone. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm prepared to lower my price because I just need need to get rid of this thing. Yep. You know, um, That's exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, you know, sometimes with the vintage stuff, you can make money. I had a couple of, uh, I had a uh, Mac Classic 2 for a while on my desk in the office, uh, and then a Color Classic as well. And I paid about thirty-five, forty pounds each for them, and, and I sold what they—I sold them not long after Steve Jobs died, and the value had shot up. I sold them both for well over a hundred pounds. Um, but that's kind of a—that's that, a, that's that a rarity. And I've been watching the value of the things, and the value has kind of depressed back down, pretty much the way it was before. Yep. You know. Nostalgia has a price tag, well, and, it, and it's not four hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I know to my cost, even if you're really, really into this this sort of stuff and you like using them, using them compared to a modern computer is really hard work. You forget how much time you used to spend doing non-computing things with these things back then. Just getting them to work and programs to load. And if, you know, if you actually want to do anything on it and then get the stuff off, it's incredibly hard to compare to nowadays. Yeah. Where you just like beam it over a wireless connection to somewhere else, stick it in Dropbox or something, you know. Um, so they re- they really are very specialist items, and you you know pay- I don't think a lot of people pay a lot of money for these things anymore. I don't think so. Hey, you know some people, but well, I mean, if there's anybody out there who's listening to this who who you know has a differing opinion, it would be prepared to pay more than than tips twenty three ninety five ceiling for for a bit of nostalgia from their from their childhood. Then let us know. <laughs> let us know what what it is you want. Well, you know, there's a, there's a, such a thing as people just really think it's old, thus it's valuable. Well, age doesn't make something valuable. Desirability does. Yeah. You know, and some people don't get it. And obviously this eBay seller doesn't get that. <laughs> the is, is it, you know, to, to drive the value up of something, it needs to have a market of more than one or two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know everyone thinks oh it's incredibly rare and there's just that one guy out there who really really wants to prepare to pay big bucks for it and it's like well no there isn't but if you have um, a market of five ten thousand people across the world who all really want it then that's going to drive the price up mm-hmm. if it's something that hardly anybody even remembers then it's not going to go for a lot of money right and this thing nobody remembers this computer system <laughs> and even I the people who remember it uh, don't want it yeah, and think yeah I remember it but it wasn't that good no <laughs> It wasn't good at all. It was terrible. But uh, that's Tech Fan this week. Yeah. We will uh, return next week. And uh, will you be back in the UK at that point? Uh, no, actually, I won't be here next week. Because this time next week, I will be um, at the airport waiting for my flight home. Huh. 
So, um... Well, maybe we can wait till Saturday or something, then. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I suspect that would not go down well at home. Uh, could do it Thursday, or uh, could do it early the following week. Thursday might work. I can do it for my office. So, okay. so text me Thursday morning, your morning, my early, early morning. Yeah, and, no, it should be the night before. <laughs> yeah, however that works. And remind me, and then we'll uh, we'll do it up. So for David, my name's Tim. Thanks for listening to episode 96 of TextFan. And don't forget to send us feedback. And if you're on the TechFan website or the MyMac website, make sure you click the Amazon banner if you're going to buy anything. We'd appreciate it. Uh, I, you can follow me on Twitter at MyMac. And David is? At David B. Cohen. And we'll see you then. Bye. Then? What do you mean then? I don't know what that meant. Do you know what that meant? In the future. In the fu- We'll see you in the future.